Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, hello there and welcome to the show. It's December 20th. Um, and just a reminder that uh, tomorrow will be our last show of uh, the year. Uh, so I'm... I'm heading off into vacation land uh, my, myself. Um, what we got here? Uh, oh, where do I want to start? Uh, we'll start with the, uh, the, the heavy blankets. <laughs> it's so much easier. Uh, yesterday we were talking about heavy blankets being the go-to gift uh, this year. It's a blanket for stressed out, anxious people who can't sleep, um, uh, which is Americans. And um, it pushed Aaron over the edge. He, he, he's, he wrote, uh, after the show, I, I ordered a weighted blanket. I thought about it. I haven't done it yet. I want to test one. I want to find someone who's got one and go cuddle up in their bed. Um, and uh, he said he was surprised to find how expensive it is. He says, I mean, after all, it amounts to a sack of sand. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the lo they're filled with, how do you wash something like that? It, it's a sack of sand or other things. Um, but God, you can make yourself one. You know, it's like a, a quilt, and instead of putting, you know, the, what do they call that stuff? Batting? Batten? Batting? Whatever they call that. The the little, like, white stuff that my, my, my dog pulls out of all of his plush toys immediately. Anyway, uh, instead of putting that in, you just put rocks, I guess. <laughs> Anything heavy yeah a lot of them are sand he said uh, some of them cost hundreds of dollars he said for a sack of sand I mean come on he found one for 70 that's some cheap sand there you did not get high quality sand in that Aaron he says he'll report back if it uh if it does what it says it does, and he says, and if it works, maybe the workers over at the Xanax factory can finally cut back on their overtime. <laughs> well, that's apparently why people are giving it a shot. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> okay. Well, there's that. And now back to... Mm, Oh, I got one more thing that's not quite heavy. I got a few. Uh, this made the third page of the New York Times today, and it's some stupid little thing in the corner that says, how to help your new pet feel at home. It's something they've instituted, you know, so not New York Timesy. Uh, at the bottom of page three where they give you little tips on everything from I don't know anything. So today it's how to make a new pet feel at home. And uh, 
I know that when I used to do shows uh, where every week we would have uh, a homeless animal from uh, Animal Friends or the Animal Rescue League on the program, one of the things that uh, I learned from all of those interviews is that holidays are a real bad time for bringing a new pet into a home. And it makes sense because what you have is a is a frightened animal who doesn't know where it is and uh and to put it into a you know sort of raucous environment where there's all this tumult and shrieking is just not a good idea so i think if you're going to give a dog or a cat or a whatever uh, be mindful of that. That would be my first, uh, and I mean, that's what they should, that's what they should have said right off the bat. Don't give a animal a at Christmas. You know, give a, give an IOU and we'll get it in a week or something. I don't know. Anyway, there was this one thing in here that, that I thought, really? So I'm just passing it on to you, Okay. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have a dog who drinks out of toilet bowls. Uh, you know, they doesn't seem particularly choosy. Drinks out of the little pond I have in the backyard. He drinks out of mud puddles. Um, he knows, he drinks, when I'm taking a shower, he, <laughs> he noses in <laughs> and drinks. I'm always screaming, that's hot! And it's like, it's like, it's like it's sort of hot and soapy, and he's like... <laughs> Uh, whatever. So, uh, you know, to me, dogs are not very um, choosy about where they drink. But it says right here, uh, pet-specific vessels encourage healthier eating and drinking habits. Pet-specific. So, in other words, don't let them drink out of a bowl you have in the house. No, go spend money at a pet store on what is a bowl for dogs or cats. Um, but it says here, and this is the thing that sort of I thought, geez, <laughs> I better pass this bit of information on. So here it is. You should have a pet-specific vessel, as they say, to encourage healthier eating and drinking habits. And a pet-specific vessel leaves rooms, leaves room for the animal's whiskers. Did you know that? I did not. Your pet's whiskers are sensory organs and overstimulating them is not only distracting to the animal, but can induce, here it is, whisker fatigue. That's what I needed to get across to you today. Beware of whisker fatigue. You think you love your animal? Have you thought about its whisker fatigue? Huh? Have you thought about pet-specific vessels? I must admit I have not, and I sort of thought I was a good 
animal companion, but uh, I don't know. Uh, you want to, I mean, of all the things you would tell somebody who's getting an, an, a new pet in this little bit of space, you would tell them about whisker fatigue? Give me a break. All right. Anyway, it says, because if their whiskers, I get, I get it. I mean, if their whiskers are hitting the edges of whatever vessel uh, you are using for their food and water, uh, the whiskers can get fatigued, overly stimulated. And uh, it says it is akin to uh, strong smells for humans uh, where you... Eventually, what? Don't smell them anymore? I guess. Can make animals less likely to eat and drink. That's what they say whisker fatigue leads to. Well, with all the fat cats and fat dogs I see around, then maybe, maybe the very thing you want is whisker fatigue so they don't want to eat as much. That could be, actually, come to think of it. Oh. Bob and Braddock, two things. One, I fondly remember your radi your Friday Adopt-A-Pet segments. Is it frozen in with me with a funny look on my face? That's all I care about. Is it? I, I don't know. Amy's on it. She's checking it out. Are you sure it's, it's on our end? It's not on yours. Whatever. Well, thank you, Bob. I appreciate the uh, heads up. It's always something around here. Uh, no, she's not get it's, it's, I'm apparently alive and moving on, um, where Amy's looking at it. So it might be on, uh, on your end, okay? Uh, okay, let's jump into heavier fare. <laughs> I don't wanna, I don't wanna. Okay, I'll do it anyway. Um, if anyone has any other ideas, bring them, bring them on. Um, I, I just, <laughs> okay, I just have to say this. My God, I mean, the, the the president of the United States is a is a, a is a Russian agent. That's all I can figure. I mean, almost everything this this guy does is a gift to Vladimir Putin. It's it's really mind-blowing. I mean, can you imagine if you were the president of the United States and you wake up one morning and you're just sort of in a pissy mood and you think, I'm pulling all our troops out of Syria. I, and, and that's apparently what he did. He even And so when he told all his, you know, I guess the Joint Chiefs and his military advisors and all of those folks, I'm pulling our troops immediately out of Syria. And they all like freaked. <laughs> they they freaked. Hey, Mr. President, Mr. President, you can't. I no, you can't. You can't. It'll upend all Middle East. It'll 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 send our allies. It'll make Vladimir Putin happy. It'll make these murderous, horrible people like Assad happy. It'll make the Iranians happy. For God's sakes, remember you don't like them. Oh, oh. Anyway, it's really, 
I mean, it is so egregious that Lindsey Graham is freaked out. I mean, that's amazing since uh, he's decided he really, really adores uh, Donald. So I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I definitely, uh, by the way, Vladimir Putin has tweeted, or uh, does he tweet? Or he has put out a th saying it was, all right, all right, Donnie. Good move. It's a great move you made. So if the president of Russia is saying, yes, and our Joint Chiefs of Staff, our Secretary of State, our allies, our Congress is saying, no! I mean, what is that? What the hell? And not only that, he didn't, he just didn't, I guess we should do a, a regular segment of, uh, Trump's gifts to Putin in the last 24 hours because there's always something. And remember when he imposed sanctions on some Russians, on some oligarchs and Russian companies for their meddling in the election? <laughs> well, he has now uh, said that he is lifting sanctions against two of the biggest uh, these are both Putin pals. You don't get to be an oligarch if you're not a Putin pal. So he's lifting the sanctions. And I think one of these Putin pals is somehow mixed in and up with Manafort, if I'm re remembering that name right. But I, I, I don't know. But unbelievable. And as some... Congressman said, um, well, there he goes, sliding another big gift under Putin's Christmas tree. And I love, so here's a presidential tweet from yesterday. We have defeated ISIS. Well, Trump always wanted his mission accomplished uh, moment. And here it is. So there you have it. Uh, Lynn writes, uh, yeah, when I was a sophomore at Kent State living off campus, a girlfriend gave me an Airedale Terrier. While we were out one night, the dog drank some bleach Wait, I had in a bottle. Uh... I guess he survived. He did. He got to it somehow. He was returned to the breeder the next day. What a dumb idea to give a 24-year-old a dog to take care of. That Yes, yes, yes. I feel bad about it to this day. His voice was lower. His bark went down after the bleach, but he was otherwise okay. You know what? And I feel that way strongly when I see young people who are never home or people who are, I, yeah, there are a lot of people who don't think at all. It's one thing to do that for a cat that is more, you know, able. But even people leaving cats alone forever and not really interacting with them pisses me off. But a dog is a it is a real responsibility, and there are not a lot of young people with lives or maturity enough 
to properly care for an animal. And generally speaking, what happens is parents end up with these animals, right, when they don't necessarily want them. So, yeah, I hear you. And I had a cat when I was in uh, college, and I didn't have a clue. At least it was a cat, though. I'd never had a cat. I didn't even know what to do with a cat. I'd had dogs, so I treated the cat like a dog, and lo and behold, it was like a dog. It, <laughs> I, if you want a dog, but you don't, you want a dog who uses a litter box, and has other cat qualities, just pretend it's a dog. I'm telling you, it works. This cat would play fetch with me endlessly, um, because I was a student and I was poor. I didn't buy toys, but I would take aluminum foil and ball it up into a little ball about this big and throw it, and man, the cat, and bring it back, immediately bring it back and drop it. And I'd throw it again and drop it, and then every once in a while it would start to bat it around and play with it. And I could never figure out where the ba when that happened, where these little silver balls were going. Um because I wasn't finding them, not that I cleaned very often, but eventually my my bathtub backed up and uh, the plumber started pulling little silver balls out of the out of the drain. Must have been twenty of them, thirty of them. I don't know. He said, "What are th what what are these?" <laughs> oh, that's where they went. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah, think first. Oh, and speaking of vessels for dogs to drink out of, am I the have you seen that ad? I think it runs on CNN. I haven't seen it for a little while, but it blows my mind. It is for a dog bowl. A television ad for a dog bowl. It looks like a bowl. So what? It doesn't even mention whisker fatigue. It should. And instead, it's selling, it's, it, it, it like, is, like so many advertisers do, trying to instill fear. So it says something like, you know, is your dog drinking out of a just a regular bowl? Um, this bowl, whatever they're selling. And they say it has a bunch of things. It's practically like, um, gluten-free, I think, might even be one of the things they say. It's like every bullshitty thing that, like, supposedly draw low-fat, gluten-free, no PHP, uh, and I swear it says non-radioactive. I swear to God, I think this ad, it says non-radioactive. Every time I've heard it, I've thought, what the hell? My dog drinks out of the toilet. Am I the only one who's seen that? Well, just just saying. God. Oh, and another ad, excuse me, that I hear, and I want to strangle the people who have this ad on. It's a pharmaceutical company, and it's, it says something like, so you've sent your 
child off to college for the first time, and I'm sure you've gotten him everything he needs, and da da da. But did you get him a meningitis vaccine? Meningitis, it says, strikes quickly and kills. It kills. And it just, if you were a parent already freaked about, you know, letting your little kid go off to college, and there's this ad that says he'll be dead in 24 hours. And they sort of in a, you know, sotto voce say something like, um, now, Grant, this is not a, con it is a very, rather rare condition, but uh, blah, 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 it kills. Is he or she, is your child? I know you think you've protected them. Are you a conscientious parent? I, I mean, the, the ad just boils down to uh, scaring. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to scare the shit out of people. And actually, I guess Advertising 101, that's, uh, that's pretty much what advertisers do. I guess. You will be nobody if you don't buy this product. You will be behind everybody else. You will have no status if you don't get with it. You will never have a date if you don't. You will never. Happiness will not be yours. People will talk about you behind your back. Ugh. I'm just saying. Okay, so there's something I did want to get to. Today, and this is, you know, it's a heavier topic. Uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. And it it's... It talks about something called femicide. That sounds like some kind of a pharmaceutical for killing yeast infections in women, doesn't it? Femicide. Well, it's not. It's just flat-out killing women for being women. And femicide is growing all over the world, and it is particularly growing in Latin America. And... There is a story in today's Wall Street Journal that is, it's a little hard to read because it's so upsetting. And you know those invaders that were coming, you know, we have to have a wall because those invaders are coming? Do you know how many of those women you see with their children are women coming out of the countries? that are the most murderous in Latin America for men, but increasingly for women. Women are being killed. I mean, the increase in the killing of women in El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala, those are the three countries that these caravans come out of. These are not invaders. They are people scared out of their minds. 
trying to get away from sometimes domestic violence situations, which are rampant, sometimes trying to get away from gang-related violence, which is very real, sometimes desperate to keep their children from falling into one of these gangs, not because the kid wants to, but because the kid is given no choice. These are Trump's invaders, very bad people. These are Trump's terrorists. These are the people we tear-gassed. And this article says nothing about any of that. It is just an article about the growing, alarming rate of femicide in Latin America. Women die disproportionately at the hands of men throughout Latin America, from Mexico to Brazil. I'll spare you the numbers, but they're amazing. And El Salvador is. It's a country of six million. And man, they're killing their women. Husbands, spurned lovers, gangs. They're killing their women. So we have heard, right, that a lot of the people who come here and they're seeking asylum are saying, I, can't, I had to run. They were going to take my daughter. They were going to kill our whole family if they couldn't have my daughter. We had to run. This is real. This is what they do. They flat out say to people, we want your daughter. As young as 12, 13. And if you don't give us your daughter, we're going to kill all of you. The stories of what these gangs do to the women are, um, are uh, to me, impossible to, to read. They are essentially um, kept in warehouses, tortured, enslaved, and after their use, they're no longer useful, um, they put a bullet in their heads, throw them by the side of the road. Um, you can't say no to these gangs. You can only pick up every anything you can carry and run. And so when people actually do cross our border seeking asylum, which is perfectly legal to do, they don't sneak in. They come to a crossing and they say, I am coming and I am seeking asylum. That's what the caravan was. And remember Jefferson Beauregard Sessions? Well, Jefferson Beauregard Sessions, in his time as the Attorney General, 
instituted a new policy in regard to what was considered the kind of fear that could result in somebody's asylum claim being accepted. And Jefferson Beauregard Sessions and the Trump administration said this. The asylum statute does not provide redress for all misfortune, such as domestic violence or gang violence. Flat out said and told all of its... And that is the, those are the biggest reasons why these people are coming, fleeing for their lives. And they put out this new policy. And that was in June. That fear of being killed is not an acceptable basis to be granted asylum, even though it is quite clear that that is what will happen because that is what is happening. This Wall Street Journal piece will curl your hair. It starts with at a funeral of a young girl who sensed she was going to be dead because there was a gang guy who kept looking at her, pointing at her. And she told her parents, I'm afraid. She told a neighbor, I don't know if I'm going to be here long, and if I'm not, I want to... She said what flowers she wanted on her casket. This girl is 17 years old. And, uh, yeah, her body was found. She was forcibly taken from her house. Her body was found uh, a few days later in a field nearby. And her weeping father said, it is better not to have a daughter here. I should have left the country with my children. So those invaders we see are people who don't want to bury their children. The Wall Street Journal article says, whereas men are often shot to death, women are killed with particular viciousness. According to a Salvadoran government study, from 2015, they are tortured, their fingers are cut off, they are, of course, raped, they are burned. And if they should try to avoid this kind of a fate and run to the country with the Statue of Liberty, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. <laughs> we, by law, according to the Trump administration, now say what? You're worried about what? 
getting killed by a gang? Uh-uh, goodbye. Back with you. What, you're worried about being killed because your husband has threatened to kill you? Um, no. Bye. So as soon as this came out, this new policy in June, and this is the kind of stuff that we just don't pay attention to because, as you know, it's the Trump era and we are deluged with so much crap every day. It's hard to keep track of what these guys are quietly up to, moving their murderous, repulsive, un-American agenda forward. And as soon as that policy came out, the ACLU, have you joined yet? The ACLU sued the United States government. And here is a, here is a piece of news you might have missed. This happened yesterday. The ACLU won the case yesterday. And you know who the judge was? This is the most amazing part. <laughs> the judge, a federal judge, whose name you might know, Judge Emmett Sullivan. That'd be the same guy who the day before yesterday went after Michael Flynn. The righteous Judge Sullivan ruled yesterday that the Justice Department policy put in by Sessions and applauded by Donald Trump was unconstitutional, was arbitrary, was capricious, and in violation of our immigration laws. And Judge Sullivan said, the government heretofore, right now, I am blocking you continuing to apply these policies, these standards, and I'm prohibiting you from removing any plaintiffs, any poor desperate asylum seekers who are currently in the United States without first providing credible determinations that their fears are not justifiable. And he went further. He said to the Justice Department and anybody who you have sent back to their countries who is not yet dead, you let them return. So that is horrific stuff, which ends again, as so many things have been ending and will continue to end, in a defeat 
for the Trump administration and in a victory for humanity, for common humanity. The Justice Department says we are reviewing our options with regard to this ruling. And we will continue to restore the rule of law in our immigration system. This, they say, after they have been told by the judge that their rule of law is unlawful. When the ACLU filed the suit, they had a dozen asylum seekers, plaintiffs from Salvador and these other places, all of whom had lived through unbelievable horrors and terror in their homelands, and who were deemed by the intake people at our borders to be credible asylum seekers. But you see, under the new guidelines that the Trump administration put out, it didn't matter that their stories were true, their fears of being killed were credible, because the Trump administration said credible fear of persecution is not enough to get into our country seeking asylum. And they were slated for expedited removal. So this ruling by Judge Sullivan, he's my favorite judge now. Judge Sullivan allows all of those people to continue to seek asylum through proper proceedings here in the country and again as I said orders any who have already been deported to be returned I don't know how they do that because you can bet these people if they went back like sort of are hiding somewhere so there you have it Judge Sullivan, you might have read after he went lit into Flynn the other day, he was pretty famous for um, ordering a, an airplane to be turned around. Uh, again, it was an asylum case like this, a woman and her child from El Salvador who we tossed out, and um, the mother had fled from a horrific sexual abuse at the hands of her husband and death threats from a local gang. She had a twofer going. And Sessions, the, the Republicans, the Trump administration said, tough shit, lady. Go back and get killed. And again, that case got to Judge Sullivan that was in August, and he ordered the feds to turn that plane around in midair.
Judge Emmett Sullivan, ladies and gentlemen, You know, I have feared that our country will not be able to withstand the damage being done to it now by Republicans. Um, but so far, what is saving us is the ju justice system. Is that not right? There's two things that'll save us, the justice system and us, we, the people, the voters. We've got to get, we've got to throw every Republican we can. Never, ever vote for one of them. They have to be sent, just like we send, they want to send all these poor, desperate people packing, we need to send them packing, every single one, and they're not facing death. But let us re remember that if we don't get these Republicans out, they will continue to whittle away at that justice system that is now has the only potential of saving this country and its institutions and its integrity. And it is people like Emmett Sullivan and Robert Mueller who will save us, but they are saving us because we have this system. But the Republicans have been whittling away at it, and they'll continue to do so because they have the Senate still, even more than they had it before, and they will continue as soon as they get back to keep putting these right-wing judges in to lifetime tenured seats. And if those judges were to have heard this ACLU case, they would not have found like Emmett Sullivan because they're political appointees. They are not judicial appointees. We have a call. Hello, caller. Hi, Lynn. This is Beth. Hi, Beth. I'm very happy to hear the ACLU won that case because I remember when Sessions did that, I just thought, wow, there's another slam against women. And um, this is something we really have to watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you look at, first of all, you know, I always thought the United Nations' greatest disappointment was the fact that they didn't go in after Boko Haram went and took that school of girls, mm -hmm. um, especially just from an international standpoint. Look at your places that are technically your areas of safety. It was a school, a church, a mosque, and that completely just obliterated that longstanding kind of international law. Um, 
and also just to kind of, I'm kind of going to bounce around a bit, sorry, because I haven't had a chance to talk to you for a, That's a long okay. time. Take your time. Um, but I'll just say, my uncle was a federal judge and was appointed under Reagan and was a lifelong Republican. Um, and I can say that his rulings over years, it was neither Republican or Democrat. It just followed whatever the rule of law was. Yeah. And I kind of feel bad for his memory of his seat, that uh, the people that are, filled his seat do not hold that same judicial temperament. Um, and I think it's, it's really a disservice to what the Senate Republicans are doing. Yeah. Um, and just to bounce again, with this whole border wall, and I'm I'm glad that Pelosi did what she did as far as calling it the Trump shutdown and, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I also think the thing they need to do, and this is the place where they could tie in his taxes and start saying, look, you know, you're a builder. We need to make sure if we build this wall – that none of your companies or anything else are associated with the building of this wall. My guess is as soon as you put the taxes out there and really make it a, a full front, this wall is going to disappear like a fart in a windstorm. Yeah, this wall is never going to be built. I think we all no, it, realize that. Um, it's, you know, but that's just kind of a tagline because I think they really need to get out in the forefront. I think the other thing they need to get out in the forefront is with us pulling out of Syria, which is, I cannot believe this is something they're even considering. Um, but it needs to start happening. Look, if ISIS doesn't attack on this country, this, this is on Donald Trump. And they need to start putting it out there and putting it out there fast. Because I'm really concerned that maybe something will be allowed to happen just to get the Mueller thing out, just for him to save his own Well, yeah. The wag the dog. It's always a a great fear. You know, the other thing that I did not mention about pulling out of Syria just like that is we are throwing the Kurds under the bus. And the Kurds have been with us in, they are, it is, we are despicable what we are doing. No one will ever trust us again. Why would they? Why would anybody trust us? Exactly. But the other thing, too, is you wonder, was this not some deal done with Erdogan? Because does he not have more crap on the Saudis with Khashoggi? That's right. Um, And that was my big concern when I heard that with the Kurds and how we're turning them over. And then the other thing, you know, we have to remember we've exited from other areas in the Middle East. When there's an exit strategy, and especially such rapid deployment, guess what? Everything's left behind. So we're giving arms, we're giving technology, we're giving structures to ISIS. It's, well, that's why, I mean, the military is freaking out, and that's why the, the guys who love the military, like, uh, like uh, Lindsay. Lindsay Graham, are freaking Cop. out. They yeah. do understand that this is just insane. I mean, it, it is not insane necessarily to make a case that, you know, we can gradually withdraw or something like that, but you don't do it like this petulant president, this child, this idiot. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. So, I know. It's it's absolutely maddening, and it's, it's maddening to me. You know, we always joke and say if we hit the lottery, we're going to run against or a Republican Senator Capito in the state just to get her out. 
And it's horrible you have to think that way, but that's literally the way we're thinking. Yeah. Um, hey, and on a quick fun side note as an end, I, I got to listen to your thing with you and Susan about she watched Pitch Perfect. Yeah. I have to say, we have, we have a list of movies we do that we're feeling down and in the dumps, and you can't watch any more news or anything else. Definitely the Pitch Perfect series is wonderful. Okay. Girls Trip is another great one. Really? Okay. <laughs> and Bad Moms. Oh, do them. It, it's a great, it's a great ha-ha, you know, just kind of just get away from everything. Okay. So I should get off my highfalutin, sophisticated horse and watch some of those movies. Sometimes they're just fun to watch. And the sad part is they're just not making them anymore. They're they're few and far between, and the the funny thing is most of those movies were done by either female writers or producers. Yeah. yeah. Which, like I said, we're not we're not seeing that stuff anymore, and oh. especially with this media consolidation. Oh dear. Yeah. Well, sorry. No, let's let's end sorry. on a higher note. Not get into that. <laughs> oh, <God>. Okay. Hey, <laughs> thank you. I wish you and yours a uh, a merry Christmas. And a better new year. Thanks, and have a happy new year to you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Beth. Um, Okay, here's here's some good news about women. For the first time in the history of the United States, a state has um, a a majority of women in their legislatures. What state do you think that is, huh? God knows it ain't ours. I mean, we are at the bottom of the barrel. We have the most... Okay, I was going to say something sexist and obnoxious. Um, I mean, sexist in terms of not being fair to men, but uh, okay. We, uh, yeah, Nevada, or Nevada, as some people say. I don't know, what do people in Nevada say? Nevada? It's Nevada, yep, which is good. Uh, And uh, by the way, Nevada, it's Democrats controlling both chambers. That's a sign of things to come. Um, What do we have here? Milton says, if you have time, can you uh, address this pathetic shit? Well, let's see what it is. <laughs> Less than three seconds into an ad for President Trump's, there's ads for President Trump's 2020 re-election campaign? There are, what? There are ads for 2020 for him? How? Excuse me. Okay, um, a guy named Brad Parscale, is that how it's pronounced, Parscale? Parscale? I don't know. Repeats a claim his boss makes regularly, and here it is in this ad. President Trump has achieved more during his time in office <laughs> than any president in history. Well, you know, on taken out of context, I could make a case for this. Yes, he has achieved more, more horror, 
more destruction um, of absolutely every aspect of our nation, its integrity, its institutions, its sense of nationhood. He has done more in that regard than any other president in this nation's history. So President Trump has achieved more during his time in office than any president in history. But that's not what they mean. I mean what I said. Visuals flash on screen of Trump signing legislation in the Oval Office and applauding during the swearing-in ceremony for Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Then this guy, Parscale, or whatever his name is, the president's 2020 campaign manager, asked Trump supporters to call their commander-in-chief to give thanks for all the work he's done. That is why the ad says, I need every Trump supporter to pick up a phone right now and deliver a personal thank you to our president, to, excuse me, your president, says the guy wearing an electric blue suit with a matching tie and thin blue line flag lapel pin in support of Blue Lives Matter uh, movement. Well, isn't Fox asking all of these Trump lovers to throw in 80 bucks a piece so they can build a wall? I mean, they're, you know, get them while you can. Tap these idiots while you can. I don't know. What what can I say? What can I say? Of course they're... I, 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 Somebody tweeted the other day, so Donald, you know, they closed down his, his, his charity. <laughs> his foundation, um, and they're taking the money and, you know, uh, giving it to, uh, I don't know, what do they do with it? Um, uh, and they are, um, someone tweeted, I'm sorry, I'm being distracted by a lot of noisy people out here. Um, they are going, uh, what am I saying? The Trump charity, Trump charity. Oh, somebody tweeted, isn't it amazing? that a guy who was found by the courts to be incapable of running a family foundation. By the way, I run a family foundation. <laughs> it's a small family foundation, but I abide by the rules of it, and it ain't that hard. And believe me, if I can do it, that a guy who cannot run a family foundation is still in a position to destroy the world, <laughs> to has his finger on the nuclear trigger, can tell the Joint Chiefs of Staff, I don't care what you guys are saying, I'm one, I want him out, right? He's the commander in chief. Oh my God. Ooh, where's our time going? Hey, this goes to you. This is from uh, some from Ray. Uh, both you, this Amy, both you and the caller volumes are better than they've ever been. Good work by your engineering department. And this just in, we do not have an engineering department. We have Amy. Good work. 
Hi, Lynn. Long-time listener here. So glad you continue to get the word out on Trump's ridiculous policies. It's amazing how many variations and gyrations Trump and Stephen Miller will try to circumvent our country's immigration policies. The right-wing boys' club has got to go. The boys' club has got to go in general. I'm sick of them. I'm getting more and more like, just let the women in now. Come on. You've fucked everything up totally. Give women a chance. Women and blacks and people of color, let all the people that you have not allowed to have power, let us have power and see if we can't do a little bit better. Because I'm willing to bet we can. I think every white guy in power should say, I stand aside. Jody writes, uh, before the synagogue shooting, I heard you railing against those leaf blowers. And then she says in all caps, I hate blowers. I do too. We moved to a new neighborhood a few years ago. She's in the North Hills. And unbeknownst to me, we moved into blower town. Everywhere's blower tan. I live in the East End. It's blower tan. Somehow I've managed to get by all these years with just one rake. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, I actually have two rakes, but yeah, isn't that amazing? And there's such satisfaction in raking and actually some exertion. Oh, don't get me started. No, don't get me started. Jody, it's a lost cause. Or maybe not. We shouldn't think that anymore. All right. Are we out of time? We're getting close. Hey, I just want, here's a maybe a bit of good news. Uh, so they say that uh, the U.S. population grew in the past year at its slowest rate in over eight decades. I'm not saying that's necessarily good news, but that it's always in stories like this where you see in Pennsylvania has lost, <laughs> you know, more. And we are not on the list. It says... St- I don't think we're on the list of uh, of states that lost population, or we're not at the top. No, it just says the populations of nine states declined, and we ain't one of them. New York, Illinois, West Virginia, Louisiana, Hawaii, Mississippi, Alaska, Connecticut, and Wyoming. So there's even fewer people in Wyoming who have two senators? Ha! <laughs> Now, what I don't get about this is these are according to figures that the Census Bureau released Wednesday. Wait a minute. I don't understand where these figures come from when we're having a census in 2020, right? Why are they releasing? Where do they get numbers in between the censuses to tell us this? Anyway, it also says these figures, if they hold up, for the 2020 census. Uh, It looks like some states are going to be gaining congressional seats and some are going to be losing, and here we do make a loss. We're going to lose another. Well, if we haven't lost population, why do we lose another? States losing a seat would be Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, New York, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, West Virginia. But it says, on balance... The fact that some western states are going to be picking up 
it will probably favor the Democrats, given the kind of demographic change that is occurring in many of these western states. And adding that uh, the new seats would likely come in fast-growing metro areas that are much more heavily Democratic. I, but I, I don't understand where they get those numbers if we only have a census every 10 years. I will leave you to puzzle over that. I intend to not think about it again. And um, I, I'll be back tomorrow. I wish you a good day. And uh, I hope you'll join us tomorrow. Again, last show of the year. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.